Welcome back, everyone, to our first series, episode number five, as we move to the 2011 CrossFit Games. I'm Chase Ingram. I'm Captain America. Along with Bill Grundler. Wolverine. And we just want to start things off by saying thank you, thank you, thank you. We reached 5,000 unique downloads for our podcast. I didn't think we are going to get five. I mean, Bill, we just started this because... We love to do this. We love to talk about this. This is just a passion of ours. And the fact that people actually want to listen to us blab about this stuff and nerd out along with us, I think it's awesome. So I'm I'm super pumped, super thankful. Dude, super. I think it's amazing for sure. But like it, the craziest thing is, I mean, yeah, cool. Let's do a podcast. But dude, let's get serious, man. We just want to hang out. Yeah. Nerd out on program stuff because that's what we do anyway. And then like people want to hang out with us and do that. So that's kind of cool. I'm it's, stoked. Welcome everybody. And I'm glad you guys are <laughs> coming along with us. Why not, man? Uh, hey, we're gonna do this anyways, whether you guys listen or not. Yeah, that's right, god dang it. We started this as you know, me and Bill have been broadcasting together for since 2012. And it used to be the only time we got to hang out was during those <laughs> times. And then as things progressed, you know media teams disbanded and is like, hey, I'll see you, um, I don't know, in Dubai instead of <laughs> California right. or Texas. So this is kind of our opportunity to just get together more. And now we get to, you know, we're just going to keep on trucking. So thank you guys for joining along with us. And we, we've done four episodes so far in this series, analyzing the CrossFit Games. Um, 2010 was kind of that huge stepping point from Aromas, California to or to Carson, California. And along with that, you know, it opens up more to the programming side. But this year, the 2011 CrossFit Games, you know, we thought changing locations was a massive jump in terms of legitimizing the sport. 2011 brought Reebok, title sponsor, yeah. What was it $250,000 to the winner on the men's and women's side? ESPN is now taking control of the CrossFit <laughs> Games. And so the level at which this jumped is, we won't see anything like this again in terms of, you know, from one year to the next in terms of the spectacle. Yeah. Um, but, but what we want to do is kind of look at is, did the programming come along with it? Well, and and I think, you know, what we've found is even though there have been these jumps in the spectacle, there's been a lot of testing to make sure that every addition did add to that. We saw sometimes it did work. We saw sometimes that it didn't necessarily work. Um, but it was, you know, it was all trying to fit within that realm of the definition of what is fitness. Because I mean, again, like our, our sport is different. It isn't just who's the fastest or who mm -hmm. can lift the most or who puts the ball into the hoop more times than someone else. It's all of that stuff. And the goal that we have is fitness. Mm -hmm. We have our definition. So we need to know if the race or the test or the, the competition, you know, uh, applies to that. And, and it's, it's interesting. And it, this year is really interesting because of the additions that are made um, to the program. And I, and I think it, it opens up for a lot of interesting discussion um, when you think about what the pieces are going to be. I don't know if you can hear um, the lawnmowers outside <laughs> my <laughs> office, but if you guys pick up a little ambient noise, uh, <laughs> that's what's going on. It, but built exactly to your point is that the sport of CrossFit isn't like any other sport in the world. One of the challenges is that it's always different. 
right? The programming is never the same. It's not like a basketball game where it's, you know, four quarters, halves, three points, two points, free throws, you know, football field set, you know, plays. And it's, there's so much structure in other sports that it's kind of like, hey, we're just going to play this game and see who wins. The, The big challenge here is that, you know, you move locations, the programming needs to fit the location that you're in. And it might be limited by the location that you're in, which is kind of what we saw in Aromas. And then Carson just totally expanded what they could do. But the challenge on the programming side, too, is that since it's always changing and always evolving, trying to test the fittest and find the fittest, that aspect of the programming is a huge undertaking. Yeah. And it's a it's a weird variable because if you if you boil down, you know, Coach Glassman's what is fitness, that that paper that he wrote, you look at all the different uh, models that he has in there. You said the three sort of the four, but the three basic models that we're looking at, you boil it all down to you should be good at anything. So when that's your test, like all of a sudden it gets very vague about like, okay, well then what's a good test then? Mm-hmm. And I think that this was this year, especially added some elements that by, by that definition it fits, mm-hmm. but was it really appropriate? Like, did right. it really, did, did it work to find the fittest or did it work to find, uh, the most athletic or did it work to find, you know, someone that just is more skill oriented mm-hmm. more than someone else, or are they just a workhorse? I mean, that that's what really is, I think, interesting about 20, about this year, the 2011 games. And I think that's going to be the fun thing as, as we get into it is that just because those skills are in there to maybe test athleticism and skill, we're going to give our opinion in the terms of if those were appropriate additions to the overall test. So, um, Hey, let's get right into it. And you know, what was hard for me is that I missed the CrossFit games this year after making it in 2010 and I was super close at, at regionals in 2011, but this year is the year that, um, you know, they had regionals for the first time in 2010, but then they had in those times, every region could program their own thing. So you weren't getting the same tested athletes together at the games. This year, all the regionals had the same exact events to qualify this group. And I believe it was 49 men and 47 women from all over the world to come to the CrossFit Games this year. And not only was I bitter about not making it, the first event (laughs) for the first time ever at the CrossFit Games involved a swim and the event was a called the beach, and it was a lot like Murph. Totally. Um, and so, you know, we see Murph later down the road, but you know, some people might not realize that there was a Murph-ish event before they ever did it. Um, I believe it was 2015 was the yeah. first year that they had it. So it was a now distances, who knows? Yeah. But what was written Just on add paper? The ish and you're fine. Ish was and a uh, fine. 210 meter ocean swim, 1500 meter run. 50 chest bar pull-ups, 100 hand-release push-ups, 200 air squats, and then a 1,500-meter run. Yet the runs were very, uh, again, another unique twist or challenge that Dave put out there of what they, or where they forced them to run. Yeah, it was in the deep sand. So we're, we're down at the Santa Monica Pier, and that sand down there is it's thick, um, you know, fairly fine. So it, 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 it's, it's hard to get a good footing. And when you run in it, 
I mean, the only thing that's really comparable to that are, are like when the uh, the men and women that were running in, in Dubai, where it was a lot of yes. sand and a lot of the athletes. Like I was lucky enough. I, I was a swimmer as well, not a collegiate swimmer, but I swam. And so I got You're to also test the swimming and the run. I got to test this event for Dave. And the, the oh, you swim, tested this event for Dave? Yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. So the swim, I he shortened up the swim because he knew what the athletes would or would not be able to do. So, um, you know, as far as the swim being added, yes, it was added, but mm-hmm. it really wasn't. If you're a swimmer, it wasn't really added at all. It was more like, let's just get wet before you do the rest of the event. Right. <laughs> uh, for other people, it was a definite addition. But the sand, yeah. the sand was, it was hard. And so a lot of people were coming to me to ask, hey, what kind of, what should I wear on my feet? Should mm-hmm. I wear shoes? Should I not wear shoes? Um, if you watch the videos, you go back and watch the videos, you see Chris Spieler, he pulled out the Vibram five fingers and he's mm. running in the five fingers, you know? Uh, <laughs> my, my, my personal choice, would I, I wouldn't, I, I come from a lifeguard background, so I said, you know, don't wear anything. But the there were athletes that did wear mm-hmm. shoes, and they got a, a whole – it's like weighted ankle weights yes. with all that sand in their shoes yeah. and stuff. So. Yeah, and, you know, to your point is that at the time, right, we need to always kind of look at these games and events at the time at which they were programmed. So 2011 kind of eyeballs on this event. At the time, in Ocean Swim, no matter the distance – was for a lot of people terrifying if they have no experience in the water right it's not like a pool swim it's not like a lake swim because when you add the surf and also the sight like different than a pool or a lake depending on the lake you still get to see some distance underwater yeah so there's there's some semblance of of comfortability being able to see but when you do an ocean swim in the morning your line of sight i mean is what two three feet at best yeah, if with that, people if that. Fl- thrashing around and punching you, and you know what was tough about that one is that that knocked out two major players on the men's side right off the bat. One quit. Yeah, <laughs> right, Rob Orlando. Well, well and I, you know what? I talked to Rob about that, and he, Rob's not a swimmer guy. Rob's mm-hmm. Rob's a, he's a strong man. That's, he that's is what he does. Strong um, man in CrossFit, yeah, strong. And I, I was talking to him afterwards, and he's like, "I was going underwater." And honestly, I saw my kids and I'm thinking, this is just not worth it. Wow. Um, so, I mean, he, you know, hand went up, lifeguards came and got him. But it's a real fear. Um, I mean. Yeah. I, I, I mean, don't. Well, I mean, and, that, and that's, that's the difference. That's, that's one of the elements. So there was a lot of discussion about that. And I don't know if you, I don't know if you want to go to the discussion pieces at the end, if you want to run yeah, through we the. Yeah, that. Okay, we'll come back because I think that it's a really important part of whether it was a viable piece mm-hmm. or not, mm-hmm. um, and it'll lead to a lot of discussion. So we'll we'll save that to the okay. end. But I, I think the addition of having it was cool, and the way that they set this up, you know, a nice and this is kind of this kind of set the stage for a lot of a lot of the CrossFit games is you throw that endurance piece on the very first day and kind of get it out of the way in a unique um, a unique element. Oh, 100%. in fact, I should say two unique elements because so swim, soft sand run, 50 chest bar pull ups, 100 hand release push ups was the now we saw that in the open leading up well, to we, that. However, well, we also saw that at the games the year before that when they did the final event mm-hmm. where they had to do the 30 hand release push ups and then go up over the wall. So the hand release push ups have been there. Mm-hmm. Honestly, what I thought was interesting, most interesting out of that for myself was the squats because the standard, oh. the only standard was hip crease below the knee, open up at the top. However, if you watch 
And this oh, is what a CrossFit the, athlete's always yeah. going to do. And Annie, Annie was the one who kind of got, I don't like to say she got nailed on this, but I mean, she was the one that was seen doing it, but she wasn't the only one. Jason Kalipa did this as well. Putting your hands on your legs mm-hmm. and using your hands to help push up, which that, that was wasn't fine. allowed. So hell yeah, yeah, I would do that too. And I don't, I'm surprised that there weren't more athletes that did do that. So with that event, started things off in the morning. We have three monostructurals, or sorry, two monostructurals, so run and a swim, three gymnastics, long, 30 plus long. minutes, high volume, you know, just another one of those, they, they tend to do that early on is like that first event was like a really long yeah. aerobic endeavor. Um, now this time throwing in the gymnastics, your winners on the men's side for the very first time, Josh Bridges. Yeah one of his many event wins over the years. So his name comes into the limelight for the very first time. And on the women's side, Julie Fouché. Yeah. So she wins. She beats Sam Briggs. Now we have Briggs. Like now we're starting to see, you know, names. The, these names yeah. really start to trickle in. She beat only, she only beat Sam by 10 seconds. Yep. Uh, and, and those aren't really events that Sam loses. I think that might've been more <laughs> of a product of the swim than anything. Right. Um, so that was event one. And so Josh Bridges gets his first event win at the CrossFit Games. Julie Fouché gets her first win at the CrossFit Games. And as we move from the ocean swim, our first real offsite thing from California, we go to event number two, which now we start getting into what is in 2011 skills test. Right. Now, right. now, what these did is they had three different skills. And they actually had two different skilled events. And how they scored it is you got a finishing place score. So if you got fourth, you got four points. If you got 40th, you got 40 points for every individual skill. Then they cumulatively added those together and then scored you. So yeah, so it event. was like a it was like a competition within a competition. Yeah. A little mini competition within a competition. So you could have a bad skill of the three and still win the event overall if you had two right. really good ones. Now, one thing to add on to this is that you know we have cuts again this year. The first cut is coming after event number five. The scoring system has changed mm-hmm. for the third time in five years. Yeah, <laughs> where they Testing have gone <laughs> back to the 100-point sliding scale. However, this year, it's a five-point drop from first to sixth. Yeah. In 2007, and, uh, 2007, it was to third, and then one point below. This yep. year, it's five points down to six. So if you get first, you get 100. If you get six, you get 75, which is a crazy drop from first yeah. to sixth. Three point drops from there down to 30th, or is it two point drops? Uh, they Let's are two see. point drops, yeah. two point drops down to 30th, and then one point drop down to the end of the line. So that does come into play. It's a new system, it's a new scoring. It there, you know, we have cuts looming. So here are your three skills you have one attempt at a max L sit, mm-hmm. which when it was programmed, I was like, oh, what. <laughs> the second skill was probably the most infamous event of that games yet it's it's say. talked about now was yeah. a max distance softball throw which we'll we'll come back to 
<laughs> and then a max distance handstand walk. You got one attempt on the L sit. You got one attempt on the walk. And then you got two attempts on the softball throw. So let's go to the L sit. Um, this is a test of core strength, stability, as well as, yes, a, a massive, I mean, it's a, it's a test. Like if you guys have ever done a legit L sit, however, there's a lot of, I, I believe there's a big flexibility component in here too. Um, in terms of making it easier, the more flexible you are, just well, be just able to think get about in like positions. if, if your hand, if you don't have hamstring, hamstring flexibility, you're gonna have a really difficult time holding your legs straight out in that L position. And the way that they did it was they were had they had them on parallettes and they had uh, the bumper plates underneath their heels. So that's how they determined whether or not the L sit was done mm-hmm. because their feet couldn't touch those um, uh, those plates. So you know, for a lot of us, if we do L sits in the gym or we do L sits you know in a workout station or something like that you'll notice that your L starts to hang a little bit. So <laughs> I'm in an L, but my feet are almost straight down. <laughs> you know, so I mean, you'll see that that happens. And this really, I, I thought that the way that they set it up was pretty interesting. It, it really allowed for, uh, to really push that, to really push the athletes. And what's crazy is, like, think about it. Like, if you, if you were to say, Chase, like right now, like, how long could you hold an L sit? I would say for myself, mm-hmm. even when I was, even when I was like, way more competitive and training harder i'd be like uh i don't know 40 seconds maybe maybe like on a good day maybe maybe you know and that's that's really what everyone saw what's crazy Mm -hmm. is that this is one of those things that, that coach glassman talks about all the time he thinks he feels that a true a a true athlete someone that is truly fit mm-hmm. and is using this in their in their you know has one of these has their skill with this that they should be able to hold it for three minutes and i that like that to me well, doesn't make i am any not sense. a professional olympic gymnast that, so <laughs> i do not that doesn't make any sense and, <laughs> and i feel like that's kind of one of those sliding scale things and we and we've touched on this before in terms of being a specialist yeah is that if you come to me and tell me of a three minute l sit then I want to know what you suck at the most. Yeah. How many things you have sacrificed to get there because there's a major sacrifice to be that good at it. Now, three, I mean, three minutes. Okay. (laughs) And let's move on. (laughs) All right. So there's the L sit. Um, A good test. I I like the skill because I think some of these skills were, they're trying to dip into the 10 general physical skills category in terms of the tests of fitness that they have in that what is fitness lecture. So you're looking at, you know, strength, stamina, flexibility is, right. is a huge component of that tested um, skill. Now let's move into skill number two, where I guess the idea was to test athleticism, which we found out that uh, at the time, CrossFitters aren't that athletic <laughs> at all. <laughs> uh, what's interesting was back in those days, you had athletes that were either really good at some things and really not good at other things. I mean, we saw it in the swim, same exact thing. The ones Mm -hmm. that could swim crushed, the ones that could not swim drowned. Mm -hmm. Um, The ones that can, the ones that can throw weights around can throw weights around. And if they were an athlete, i.e. Jason Kalipa Mm -hmm. and had never really thrown a ball before, or that wasn't really their thing, then this really came out and you saw some of the funniest throws. I mean, I, I, I I know that Jason gets a lot of crap about this one because it was just but a funny thing. He wasn't thing, the worst one. This, 
beast of a guy, beast of a man. Oh man. And then he picks up the ball and we're like, okay, he's going to throw this thing out. Mm -hmm. the wow. Yeah. All of a sudden it looked like the left-handed, not very athletic throw. I, it was so bad. I, everyone thought it was a joke. You know who was literally worse? legitimately thought it was a joke. And I remember when he threw the ball, we were all sitting there on the field. Like what? Mm-mm. No, that there's no way that that was real. That had to have been like he's trying to just play, play to the crowd or something right <laughs> now. But that was, that was what it was. I mean, the ones that could throw, like the Spencer Hindles and those guys. Oh yeah, man, they launched it. But he, you know, baseball background, rich, totally rushed it. Those that had background. it, had it for um, sure. Yeah, everyone, everyone gives Jason a lot of crap, but Chris <laughs> Beeler was worse than he was. I know. <laughs> Jason threw it 100 feet. Chris Beeler threw it 70. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, how far is that? I was like, all right, put yourself on a football field. And you basically asked him to throw it 20 yards. And he couldn't do it. Maybe he has small hands. He couldn't grab the ball or something. Yeah. Anyway, so, I, I, you know, it, it was it's fun to talk about. We joke about it a lot. I, I, I want to preface like that's when the quote term girl throw now gets thrown out of the window because right. the women's side, they were way better. Yeah. Than the men's side in the softball yeah. throw. Okay. So they they claim that as a kind of a test of accuracy as maybe one of those 10 general physical skills, because what they had to do is not, it wasn't just throw it as far as you can. You had to keep it within like a 10 yard width. Yeah. Um, lane. Yeah. They had, they had a, a long w- or a wide, mm-hmm. a long, narrow field that they it, were it supposed to It was a soccer field. Couldn't go were, outside yeah, of that. Yeah. It was a soccer field. They had, you know, you had. Pfft, a hundred plus yards to, to right. throw it. And that's that, you know, that's 300 feet. Um, but they only got two attempts. Right. And again, it had to stay within that lane. Uh, the, the last one was a max distance handstand walk, which if I'm not mistaken, this was the first time we've seen first time. handstand walks. Yeah. When they announced that, I go, what? Yeah. Yeah. And at the time and I was like, I, Oh, max I, distance, I think how that far was, are they going to go? And that was exactly how the athletes were on that. Uh, again, like that's what's so interesting about the skills piece is you had people that if they were good at it, they smashed it. And this is one mm-hmm. of the things that like when Rich came out, mm-hmm. all of a sudden he's on his hands and he's walking and walking like, and walking and walking. You're like, oh, my gosh. But what's even crazier than that, if you, if you watch some of the other athletes like Annie Thor's daughter, mm-hmm. uh, Elizabeth Wally, like those guys – CLB, you know, Camille, uh, LeBlanc, Bazinet. I mean, those guys on their hands walking for days and days and days and days. And we're like, oh, on grass. uh, Okay. Yeah. On the grass. I mean, it's a really, I mean, it's a, it's a, they have a really good feel, but it's still an uneven surface. Mm -hmm. You do that now. Everyone's so used to walking, you know, on on this nice flat surface in the gym and, (laughs) you know, walking on the ground's different, man. Mm -hmm. And they, these guys crushed it. So your overall winners for skills test. So this is event number two, Rich Froning. He gets 11th in the hold, 40 seconds, fourth in the throw, first in the handstand walk, walks nearly 150 feet. It's about 50 yards. Lindsey Smith wins. That's a throwback. Totally. The old CrossFit Central crew. So Lindsey Smith, she gets eighth, fourth, and 17th. So again, they, they total your your total finishing places and then give you a a score based off that. So that was our first skills test. And again, this is all on a Friday. This is a three-day event, uh, again, like they had in 2010. And then we move into 
the rope clean event. We go into the tennis stadium for the first time for the games. Yep. It's Friday night. You have this scaffolding set up and all these ropes down. And, and what the event was is five, four, three, two, one of rope climbs at 15 feet and then ascending weighted clean and jerks. And we're just going to say power clean and jerks because that's what everybody did. Right. Um, on the men's side, it was 145 to 225, adding 20 pounds. On the women's side, it was 115 to 155. This was kind of uh, the, the whole buzz going in was could rich did he Climb figure out rope climbs you know because because right. rope climbs was his undoing um in 2010 it's why he lost the games however it was the things leading up to the rope climbs he he could do it totally. he just he, he had blown up and so you when rich took the floor it like the electricity in the tennis stadium like i'm getting goosebumps talking about it right now <laughs> literally like uh, <laughs> Because I was, I mean, I was in the front row. I've been sitting in the tennis stadium for three hours just trying to get a front row seat to that. And uh, it was, he came out. And, you know, it's funny is that if you if you go back and watch, they, they have all the CrossFit Games um, videos. Let yeah. me do you a favor. And this is no disrespect to my past colleagues. Don't watch the ESPN videos. <laughs> watch the Vault videos. You can Google 2011 CrossFit Games. The vault videos have no commentary, but you can hear yeah. the crowd, which to me sounds way better than the commentary that they put on ESPN. That Thanks, ESPN. Jerk. We didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> um, not the live commentary, the post-production commentary. Yeah, oh, I know. I know. Well, they, we they were actually new, don't man. have. We were they, new at that. Yeah, we were they don't really back. have um, a lot of the live commentary from 2011. They yeah. just have the post-production shows. Yeah, um, which they retreaded the calls so it doesn't sound as authentic, and we didn't know what we were doing. And I say we, I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, but that's all. It was all of us. Yeah, it was. It was, it was really cool to watch. Um, now I will say this is like I think this is actually one of the easiest CrossFit Games events ever programmed. That that was exactly what I wrote down. I, I oh, did you? Really? I like what it is. Now, I like the time, the, I like the way it's put together. Yeah. But you have to think about, okay, when this was designed, what was the intent? Because if I look at those weights right now, if I look at those weights, I'm a 50, almost 51-year-old guy, and mm. I'd be like, wow, that's so light. You're like, touch and go, Like, baby. what the heck is that? Um, so if it was me, I would say you either need to double the number of reps for the cleans, or you need to up the weight of those cleans mm -hmm quite a bit now that's now but um, let's look at it from from the 2011 perspective but i'm even talking even then like i i just well if you go if back I and look, to look at that that got hard at the end for those, those 225 athletes. for one 225 for one go back and watch the video and look at, oh no look no at what i they did. i know exactly what rich was doing like when rich cleaned the 225 it was the like that dude is so strong mm -hmm. and it was the it looked like me trying to clean yeah, so like that's 275. Yeah, that's you know, that's like, what I mean. But still, like, it just seems like it was a light. And these guys, hey, they're they're flying through it. They did it very. I mean, Rich did it sub five mm -hmm. super fast. Now, what's interesting with if you go back and watch that, Rich didn't have Rich goes from not having a rope climb. To he is the best rope climber on the yeah. floor. He does, he did in that one year's time what everyone does on rope climbs now, which is he jumps up and he pulls his feet up way higher than everyone else. Mm -hmm. He's almost upside down as he goes into his pool. And if you watch the other athletes, there, I mean, this is a 15 foot rope climb. 
these guys are taking three pulls to get up to the top. Rich is doing it in like one, sometimes two. Or, you know, he's mm -hmm. one big one and then reaching up to the top, whatever. Um, but I, 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 as far as what the event is, I think it's really cool. But you're right. Yeah. I think that it's, I think that it's a. I love it because I'm actually good at it. So that's probably easy. why I think that. If I'm good at a CrossFit Games event, it's too easy. That's It's obviously the that's, best. That's event what ever. I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, that was kind of Rich's, this isn't a problem. And, and like you said, is he revolutionized yeah. how to be good at rope climb. And I think that is a testament of an athlete's greatness. And we'll see that progress over the next four-year span of Rich's dominance over the CrossFit Games is that you, know, you see that with any athlete, right? Is that there's always seems to be a stumbling point, um, a, a massive failure. And they're either going to go one direction or the other. And what the greats do is like, okay, I got better at it. I don't suck at that. Or I quit instead right what the grades do is like this will never be a problem again ever and they just they go to another level of like yeah. that and, and we saw that from rich and i feel like that was his moment um of kind of really it's where we're like okay th things have changed in the last 365 yeah. days um so on that event rich froning wins at, like you said a time of 457 so sub five any thor's daughter wins on the women's side now, when we look at it again, we need to look at it kind of through the eyes of 2011. You got another gymnastics. We've hit a lot of gymnastics in the last three events. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say the weight got heavy, right? It didn't start heavy, but I mean, you saw guys failing and women failing the last bar too, right? Yeah. So that isn't a sign of that it's light. It's light now, but back then it was, it was heavy enough. Um, sub five is the fastest we've seen, low reps couplet another task priority we haven't it was kind of our first um weighted event um, yeah so yeah so the, we've done three events and we finally got our first heavy i would say weightlifting style event and so that again that was really cool as a friday night event that closes out the first day and we wake up the next morning to another these events were so fun to watch so here's the cool thing is like you know, once we get through this series, we've said this before, is that, you know, we're going to kind of collect our top 20 favorite CrossFit events of all time and then do a fun little, you know, totally biased and subjective favorite CrossFit event elimination bracket. And yeah. as I see some of these, it's like, I'm starting to write them down because this Saturday morning event, the track or the um, triplet sprint so cool. I, I, yeah. I almost forgot about this. And so what yeah. it is, it's, it's four rounds, five muscle-ups, 10 deadlifts at 245 and 165, 15 GHD sit-ups, and then a shuttle run where the distances increased every round. So it's 50 meters, 100, 150, 200. And what that was is an out and back. So really it was like 25, 50, 75, and 100 right. meters. Yet again, we have another unique wrinkle in this event on the deadlift side. Yeah, I, I, I just those tiny little plates. It, just what's that? They use those tiny little plates. Yeah, so it was. It, it's almost like doing like a deficit mm -hmm. because you got to reach down for them a little bit lower. Um, and I, this is classic of what Dave does for the games programming is he takes what you are normally used to doing. And there's a 
fine tweak on it. And mm-hmm. it's weird because it doesn't seem like it would be that much. But just like we saw all the way back in the 2008 games where we did the, the chest of our friend, no one had done or that really wasn't a thing, a chest of our friend, mm-hmm. but that extra three inches made a big difference. The, it makes a difference here. Um, especially if, I mean, think about it. Deficit, deficit deadlifts suck anyway. Deadlifts you know? suck and anyway. The, the weight wasn't extremely heavy. I mean, and everyone looked at the 245. Yeah. I'm like, ah, okay. 245. Okay. Well, that, not, Bill, not everyone. Okay. The 99, 99% <laughs> of the people were looking at that saying it's okay. Um, you know, un- unless you're one of those guys that have been uh, like an awesome Maliolo who's got like the, the mega long arms. It doesn't really matter if it was deficit or not. Arms. But I, I loved how it was set up. And it, again, because it doesn't allow the athletes to fall into a routine, they mm-hmm. have to actually think about it as they go to the deadlifts, like they're, they're not just going to grab and go. Like if it was Diane or something like that, they're going to have to get to it and have to think, you know, they're, they're bent down lower. They're, they're having to use their hamstrings more. They're not in the normal position where they can just grip it, rip it off the, off the ground. And then I I think a lot of people, you know, now they look at the muscle ups and think like five, Eh, it's really not that much, but you know, we're looking at 20, Right. Overall. Um, I, I love the way it's I love the way it's mixed up though. I mean, we you kind of have things that are all over the board. You got your gymnastics, oh, I love you got it. your lifting, mm-hmm. you got your skill piece with the GHD, you got your um uh sprinting piece. So like it's kind of all over and shoved together. It's it's an interesting little event for sure. It it touches all the bases, right? In terms of yeah. weightlifting, gymnastics, monostructural, but it doesn't do it in the classic sense. Um, yeah, you know, like we said before, like like a Helen, right? Helen right. riding kettlebell swings and pull-ups. Easy, easy, easy. Now, five muscle-ups, as you said, is not a lot to look at now, but at the time it was the most muscle-ups ever programmed at the CrossFit Games in total for for 20 reps. Right. 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 And so and again, we got to remember that even with the GHD, that's the first time we've had the GHD in there. Mm. And the second, no, I tell you, the second, second time, time because we did it in the uh, at Aromas. That's right. Mm. But realizing how much that takes out of your hips for those muscle ups um, mm. is a big deal. And I, so I think that was the, that. That is a deadly little mix mm-hmm. when you when you I look at what very the midline deceptive. has to deal with in between the deadlifts and then the GHD. V- very deceptive event, and you saw that when you go back and watch the video because yeah. people came out of the gates flying like five, ten, fifteen, no problem. Little sprint back to the rings, and and what they didn't notice is that okay, you got the ring muscle ups as a unique gymnastic skill and test. Right, you have the we would call deficit deadlifts, but the small plated deadlifts where they have to bend over more not getting used to what that stimulus is like for these athletes. And 245 at the time for 40 reps, that was a good amount of weight for the amount of reps that they were doing. So you got that posterior, I would say, core strength taxing movement. And then you flip over to a GHD sit-up, and you got the anterior or the front side, and then you throw out a run just to get them gassed, right? Totally. So now they're doing it all breathing hard. And when you think about those movements, like there's really no movement in there where there's a reprieve for the lungs, except for maybe the sprint, because like muscle ups, that's a kind of a grunt movement, right? Deadlifts hunched over even more, a squeezing of the core, not being able to breathe and the GHD. So I think what people didn't really see happening was their, you know, cardio respiratory got so taxed on the first three movements that their so-called sprint rest, they're like, this doesn't feel right. 
Right. <laughs> I know. I know. And what's crazy was that if you look at the times and then again, like this is where you have the disparity on a lot of the athletes. We didn't have the didn't have as many completely well-rounded CrossFit athletes coming out here because you have athletes, you know, Michelle Kinney, she mm-hmm. won for the women's side, eight fourteen. Mm-hmm. She had a 30 second lead over the next, over the next, the second place. Wow. But like the distance between that on the athletes was somewhere between like eight minutes and 20 minutes. Oh on yeah. The women's. Like that's a gigantic. And you think a lot difference. of that. So you're looking at average like 1130 somewhere in there. And a lot of that might have to do with the muscle ups too on, on the women's side, the muscle ups. No, a hundred percent, but a hundred percent, but even that's what I'm talking about. Like you see the athletes, if there is a hole in an event like this, mm-hmm. it's showing who has a hole and yes. it could be, it could be, anything. it could be in the pooling. It could be in the sprinting. It could be in the muscles, whichever, but there is a vast difference between those athletes, even on the guy's side, mm-hmm. seven fourteen to around 12 ish minutes. Like that's a big spread for what this event should be. And that's, and to me, that's a sign of a good test, right? It's like testing these athletes in a way that they're not used to. And when you see that spread, that just shows these athletes is like, you have way more holes in your game than you thought you did coming into this game. So um, when we look at it, uh, classic CrossFit event to me, you're touching all the bases, weightlifting, gymnastics, monostructural. Um, Like I said, it's at five to 10 minute, minute range. Josh Bridges wins on the men's side. He gets his second event win you just said michelle kenny on the women i'll say a moderate weight for the deadlift and the uh, the the volume at which they were doing um and so that's event four now we move into event five and the important thing here is that after event five we're going to make our first cut so after event five they're going to cut from a field of almost 50 on both sides to 35 and so what we want to make sure is that we do as we was when we get through event five is how is the test how's the test been up to this point? And does yeah. it is an appropriate time to cut the field down? So event five is skills test number two. The first skill was a one rep max chest to bar pull-up. So they had belts and you could add weights as needed. Um, they had two minutes to do this. Now then they'll move into a one rep max snatch. Yeah. The crazy part is, is they only had two minutes to find it. Two minutes. Yeah. And then they go right into a, a max distance jug carry in 60 seconds. And these are like these military grade water canisters that they, I don't At, know what the, yeah, the, the weights were. They, they were like halfway filled. So it wasn't like a, a dumbbell. We'll get to it, but. Um, in between, I wasn't sure, was it two minutes right into it or was there a minute break in between? It was right into straight it. into so it. You had your two minutes. Oh, and then, yeah. Man. So you had two minutes, two minutes go. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So we look at the one max pull up. I think a, a unique test of strength coupled with, I would say gymnastics, you know, it was like, you know, that pulling to the bar. Of, of a weighted pull-up um i thought it was cool different you know what i liked about it is that that was a hearkening back to the older days of like weightlifting i mean like the guys like me who used to do back and bias and chest and tries and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff we did weighted pull-ups mm-hmm. 
maybe not chest to bar weighted pull-ups. I, mean, I think that was that was, the, that little, was the different that was tweak. twist in there for sure. Um, but you know, getting up on a pull-up bar with a with a belt and having some weight, I think that that was cool. And you could tell that that was a difference because we were getting so used to, okay, I need to see how many pull-ups I can do mm-hmm. and be able to do them under fatigue. And this was, it was different. It was, you know, and I, but I think also back then, like how many times have you done weighted pull-ups in your, in your training? Like recently, I think that people have t- taken it out most, yeah. like, mostly. I loved um, it back so in the this day. This was old school. This was an old school, like throwback. That was another thing. Hard thing to watch is like weighted pull-ups is like, that's my thing. I could do that. <laughs> and I'm sitting here watching because I sucked at regionals. Um, so what I look at this is I look at this as three different tests of strength. Yeah. Right? You have that, um, I would say a vertical pull down with the weighted pull-up. Yeah. And then you move to the snatch, which would be from the ground caught in a full squat from that pull from the floor, you know, speed through the middle, strength in the receiving position. Two minutes is not a lot of time. That was that the the numbers that some of these guys put up in a matter of two minutes. I mean, it takes some people two minutes to load the darn bar to get into that. So you might have had two, maybe three attempts. Yeah, think about you have to know exactly what weight you're going to do. And this, okay, remember, think about it now. It, whenever they almost every fitness crossfit event whatever whether mm. it's a, a you know a sectional or a, a regional or a competitive a lo- even a local throwdown they will always have a weightlifting component like this mm. and it always ends up being this where you do all your warm-up back in the warm-up area and then you have anywhere from like 10 to 15 to 20 minutes before you actually hit the floor and have to lift mm. so these guys did that they were back in the in the warm-up area having to do their warm-up figuring out what numbers they wanted to hit then they had to come out do their two minutes of pull-ups having an idea there and then go right into the snatch and you didn't really have time to warm up um to the weight you wanted you had to know and it's the classic thing get one you know you can hit Mm -hmm. and then try to go after that but what i thought was most impressive was again this is that that um exponential growth of the CrossFit athlete. We did a one rep max snatch mm-hmm. at the CrossFit games and the numbers right. that were there two years compared two to years the number. Ago. Yeah. But was that three, two years, two years. Yeah. One, two. Yeah. Yep. Like the, the jump was out of, uh, it was, it was insane. It was absolutely out of this world. And I'm talking on the women's and the men's side. I mean, Lindsay Valens, Whaley, she hit like 165 pounds. Spencer Handel hits a 265. That's insane. That's insane, man. In 2011 two in two minutes. God. Yeah. Oh, now that, that, so that was the snatch of it or, or test, I should say. The jug carry, I thought was, I think this is one of those um, visual spectacles. Yeah. It was just cool to see because, you know, they had 60 seconds. They could put it down anytime they wanted and they just had to walk as far as they could. Um, yeah. Now these jugs are filled with water, which added a new, the, the handles were thicker than what you say, like a, a maybe a dumbbell yeah, or a kettlebell think of it, think would of be. It like a, think of it like a, uh, like one of the, like a metal gas can. Mm. Think mm-hmm. of it, they're, they're big like that. Um, they had shot and water. And so it was a mixture between oh, the two so man. that they can get uh, a, a heavy weight. Now, I, I don't remember what the weight was. It, it was, was heavy though. I mean, they were heavy. I mean, it wasn't, this wasn't a light work, but what I liked about it was it does play into the 
let's give you a real world scenario work element mm-hmm. to test. Um, you know, I mean, we lift barbells, we do all that kind of stuff, but this is, you, you think about a classic worker, like a, a, a blue collar worker, the, you know, the, uh, the construction worker, whatever, that's got these forearm, these vice grip hands <laughs> and the athletes that have some skill in that, um, and, and have done that in their life at some point or use that in their regular world. They're the ones that did really, really well on that. And it was fun to watch. It was really interesting to see how they would move and how they would decide to do that. And, and again, like it was, you could put it down whenever you want. So you could break it up. You could move forward. You could hook grip it. You could do whatever the heck you wanted. It was just about getting work done. And I, I really like when it does give you that element of like, okay, just here's the test ready, go mm-hmm. and then make something happen. All right. So that's your second test on the skill side. And after this is, is when they make their first cut. So I look at all these tests as, as we just said, as unique tests of strength. Um, and then after five events, we cut to 35. Um, what I've seen so far is that we have a much more gymnastic heavy first five events. We have tested a moderately heavy deadlift, a moderately heavy clean and jerk within a workout. Um, we just tested a one rep max snatch in a two minute time frame. Yet, you know, if you are proficient and you're strong, you will display that. And we saw a lot of athletes do that. Right. Um, I've seen a lot of grippy pulling on the gymnastics side. All right. Tons. Chest to bar pull-ups, rope climbs, um, weighted chest to bar pull-up. We have a, um, well, you got, you got all the skills. The whole skill setup yeah, was all great. Rated pull, all pull, and then the grip on the pharma oh, yeah. So it's been super grippy, Yeah, the first five events. Um, in terms of cutting down from, you know, to 35, I think we've tested enough things because the skills test has had three tests within those. So it's not just five events that we've tested. It's been five events that we've scored, but we've right. tested uh, nine. Yeah. Technically. And so yeah. we cut down to that. And now when I say grip, we move to one of my favorite events in terms of the visual spectacle, the killer cage. I just like the title. Again, so this is one of those where I ran to the tennis stadium. I got in the very front seat because at the time that you didn't have tickets, like right. you, you paid for a ticket to come to the game. So you could sit wherever you wanted. Yeah. There was also room to do it. <laughs> so it, it's just gonna Saturday night. <laughs> it's Saturday night. I've been sitting in there. I'm in the front front row, and you see this massive caged rig that stretches 100 or 50 feet across the tennis stadium floor, and then you see these bikes out there that you've never seen, and then barbells. Like, what is this event going to be? And it's called yeah. a killer cage, and it was three rounds. Seven front squats at 225 and 155, a 700-meter bike on the Watt bike, which probably very few remember that. <laughs> so go back and look at the video and watch the vaulted version because it is way more fun to watch because you hear totally. the crowd. It ends up being one of the best finishes you'll see. Uh, I'd say top five event finishes at the CrossFit Games for me. And then a 100-foot monkey bar traverse. And, and that's what the cage was for. We're like, what are they going to do? And, yeah. and so it was, it was basically 25 pull-up 
bars down and back. And, you know, another unique test, we see heavy front squats. Like, I remember seeing that at the time. I was like, people can do this? See, okay, For and that right in there a row? was, that, the weight on that was exactly, when we talked about the, the rope clean event, mm-hmm. why the hell are people, like, coming close to, to failing on that when you have to do 21 mm-hmm. heavy ass front squats right. 225 and 155 yeah, and the last that, bar that's what i mean like that's where i think that there was a little bit of disparity but i i thought that the weight that they used on this was amazing it's perfect amazing like it you couldn't have you couldn't have planned it better mm-hmm. because doing those heavy front squats and then going into that bike which i mean again not everyone has, is a cyclist or does a lot of cycling Nobody or bikes. we didn't like have that bikes. wasn't the thing we had i, I mean maybe people had dime. the old schwinn airdyne back in the days you know but other than that like no one else was putting like bikes like that really into their into their repertoire that just wasn't mm-hmm. a thing which the it was bars. the oh gosh it was so cool so cool it was such a good test uh, again another i love the balance you know this is a personal bias of mine is i love seeing some of my favorite events and tests have kind of a little bit of everything in it, right? So you got the, you have strength, you have front squats at 225 and 155. You got that monostructural bike that no one has seen. And what sucked is that you went from blowing your legs up on the front squats to blowing your legs up more with the monostructural on the bike. There was no hand crank. It was legs only. Legs only. And then you go to this killer cage monkey bars. And then like the inner eight-year-old of me on the playground comes up to like chicken fighting back in the day. It's like now now I just turn into a little kid as well as competing on the floor. So you had this amazing test and the the, the spectacle of the tennis stadium. And it was was packed. That tennis stadium was packed to the brim. There were TV screens everywhere and the lights. And oh, man. The finish was, of that it, event on the men's side, especially. Yeah. With uh, Matt Shan, Rich Froning, Kalipa. And then out of nowhere, you see Josh Bridges come. Yeah. And here's the cool thing about Josh was that we didn't really know who he was, but all of a sudden he's won two events at the CrossFit Games. And like, who's this guy giving it to Rich? Oh, I knew who the I knew who he right? was. And I then beat me at the regionals. I remember exactly. Well, that, who yeah, that you have experience <laughs> with that. But like Josh is a tiny guy, a lot like Chris yeah. Spieler. But what Josh had was strength. Oh man, it he was, was so strong. And it, what what I liked, you know, looking at the programming of the event, seven front squats. The thing is, is that you don't want to have to break that up mm-hmm. and pick up the bar again. Like nobody wants to have to. You dis if whenever we talk, as far as a coach goes, anyway. When I talk to athletes, I talk about disengaging from the event. And if you have to put that bar down, like it would be, you save so much more time if you could just stop at the top and keep that bar on you and get that next rep rather than dropping it mentally, you kind of, you know, mm-hmm. separate. So like seven, you're was... forced to hold on to that bar. Yeah. And that's heavy. So you're right. Like there's a lot, there is a heavy duty strength component mm-hmm. um, in this event. And I, I mean, you know, looking at the monkey bar part, what it looked like, I mean, uh, what it looked like was insane because it yeah. filled the base of that stadium. Go watch and that video. What I thought was interesting 
was that like again nobody had done that nobody nobody had you didn't think bars about that. in their in their in their gym where you could do stuff like that mm-hmm. no one would think you know what maybe i need to go to the local park and test the monkey bars and say scoot over four-year-old i'm gonna i'm gonna get all these monkey bars no one did that and it shredded people's hands but well, we already shredded said their hands it was already super grippy going into that event. yeah and yeah. what that did to people's grip so it, it, go back and watch this 2011 cross it games killer cage watch the vault version so you can just listen to the crowd at the end of that event on, <laughs> on the men's side um josh bridges takes that event and you see that Josh Bridges celebration because he came from behind. I'm not going to ruin it if you haven't seen it. Go see it. Vault version only. Hey, the, I take that back. You know what? Spencer won that one. Oh, sorry. He did. Sorry. Spencer, Spencer Hendel won. That. That's, yep. You're right. I have Josh was close. I mean, that was Josh like, it was like 10 final, seconds. Josh won the final heat. Okay? Yeah. So, sorry. Yeah, I even have it written down. Darn it, Chase. So, Spencer Hendel <laughs> wins the all, whole overall event at 624. The final men's heat had that amazing finish. Yeah. With, uh, with Josh. On the women's side, Elizabeth Akinwali yeah. gets her first event win, and she came out of nowhere, but what she was doing that nobody else could do, do you remember this? Is she would, she would um, monkey bar down. Oh, no, she stayed on it. And she would, tur- like, so what they did was you would monkey bar, if you fell, you just went back up on the, the bar that you dropped yeah. off on. And what most athletes or all athletes were doing is they would get across, drop, turn around, and jump back up. Akinwali would just turn at the end and come right back. And she did that every single round. Yeah. And what was cool, to, I'm getting goosebumps again. Here we go. Dan, Dan, you know what? Dan Bailey did the same thing. Did he do it for all of them? Uh, yeah. Did he? Yeah. Except, yeah. So what was, was cool? Fly, at, least, at least I know he did it on the first round. Yeah. Flying. I would say that's down more of a Dan back. Bailey thing is he did it on the first round, but I doubt he did it on the last round. Uh, the old fly and dive. I'll go back and check it. We'll out. go back and check. So if he did, Dan, good job. Um, but what was cool <laughs> to see on the on the women's side of Ak and Wally is that everyone in the crowd was watching that first turn. And then when she did it again, when she made the turn, everyone stood up a little bit and cheered a little louder. Yeah. And then on the third one, because she she crushed everybody. I mean, yeah, Akawali, she was smashed the field. Big, she was strong, but she was she had the gymnastics as yeah. well it was incredible to see um on that side but when she made that turn on the third and final one i mean you would have thought she won the crossfit games because totally. everyone just jumped out of there because they were, it was like a wave of volume as she got to the end and then when she turned oh man there there we go again well i mean like four she had a 40 second lead on the rest of the field just, i mean but just by doing that and yeah what was crazy was the fact that she had the confidence to do that. Like no one had done this before and that was her plan. I'm just going to go out. I'm going to turn right around and go. And nobody else decided to do that. Mm-hmm. And then once she did do it, I, like you, if you watch the other athletes, they're, they're kind of looking over like, I gotta, I can't, I can't do that. Yeah. Uh, uh okay. that tried. I'm going for second. I'm going <laughs> to go for second. <laughs> Oh man. Oh yeah. That was awesome. Killer cage. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to put that in my top 20 favorite ga- games events. When we, we bring it back to totally. our, our bonus episode of our, um, bracket style elimination of our favorite games events. So that closed out day two. We made another cut. Okay. Based off what we've done in turn. Personally, I'm not a huge fan of cutting, but if you're going to cut from event five to event six to event seven, Right, they cut down to. I have it written down here. Let me see. 
they went from 35 to 24 mm-hmm. after that event. I think it's a perfectly good test to cut after something like that. In ter- if, you, if you're going to cut, I think that was an appropriate cutting event just because it kind of had a little bit of everything in there. Uh, you mean after the killer cage? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Right. I, I I like it I wasn't think a that's a good event to cut event. with. My personal I wouldn't have had I wouldn't have had this the second skills at that one cut. I would have I would have bumped this the skills two mm-hmm. forward a little bit so you can um really really test them that way if, yeah. in, instead of having that having a cut right after that. But I agree. I I'm I'm good with the cut right after. But I'm saying game. like a, with a one event cut. No no no. I agree. Right. I think that that's a good one for sure. All right, so we we move into the final day. It's now Sunday, and the first event is called the dog sled event. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm putting this in there again because when you look at this event, so three rounds for time, thirty double unders, ten overhead squats at one thirty five and ninety five, into three rounds for time, ten strict handstand push ups, mm-hmm. into a forty foot sled push, three eighty five for the women or men, two seventy five for the women. And what this event did is that this is that classic, I say one of those top five Spieler moments. Okay. Right. So, okay. I mean, you, you look at, you know, Chris's challenge always was his size, right? Right. Underdog, um, always kind of at, at a hindrance to his, his size, right? He's like 145, 155. Giant killer, man. He's the giant killer. Exactly. You know, David and Goliath. In fact, I think his rogue shirt is David and Goliath. But right. <laughs> what we saw there for him is that that was there. He, he had to put everything he had into his body, pushing his head against the sled just to try to make it move. I think that was a, a classic one. We'll, we'll move on from there. So start the day off, this is when they're going to make their last cut before they go into the finals, which is another three-part one. Um, double unders, right? They, they, we've got yeah. a great mix of monostructural this year. Yeah. Running, swimming, biking, double unders. Yeah. Love it. 10 overhead squats, not hard. It's, it's a forced, fast-paced event. It's totally. kind of unbroken or bust. Then you go into the handstand push-ups, 10 strict, again, at the time, no problem. For, for games athletes, no problem. Um, and then that sled push was just, it was that one thing that just jacked them up just a little bit because you got that lower body strength and stamina, but still, like, it, it blows the, the arms up. And what the double unders over at squats and handstand push-ups all kind of had in common, even the sled push was that upper body pushing, pressing strength and stability. Well, and that was something that was unique. I mean, up to the point we talked about earlier, how much pulling there's been. Mm-hmm. So here we have all pushing. A lot, Everything a is lot a push. of push. All pushing. It's all shoulders. It's all, you know, uh, midline stabilizing as you're driving forward, driving up, um, supporting up. Um, and you're right. It 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 forced the pace because none of these. And what's funny is you. Know, we talked about the uh, the chipper event at, at Aromas mm-hmm. with thirty double unders. And it was kind of like yeah, really? yeah. 30 double unders. Now here we are we're doing three rounds of 30 double unders. So now you know how fast that element is. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that it's, I think that the way that it was put in with the 30 double unders, I think that was way more appropriate because this is, you're right. I mean, like you could fly through that. That's, that's fast. That's super. And it's, it's meant to be fast. Oh yeah. And, and 
I just, I like, as a cutting event, right? You have the skill monostructural with the double unders. You have the higher skill barbell movement with an overhead squat, moderate weight at the time for 10 reps. I mean, 135 and 95 was nothing to sneeze at. Totally. Um, And then you go into the strict handstand pushups, which is another high skill gymnastics movement. And then that sled was another unique and fun test of strength and stamina. But like Josh Bridges did this, he wins again in under five minutes. Yeah. All of this. Yeah. 458. Yeah. Well, so he, I mean, he crushed it. This isn't taking anything away from what he did, but what's interesting is if you look, so Josh wins and Annie wins. Um, They both are a minute plus over the third place finisher. They absolutely smashed. And that was one of the issues when this event came out, you saw some of the athletes really struggling on the floor with the sled push. It wasn't, it wasn't the handstand pushups. It was not the overhead squats. It was not the double unders, but it was where they were on the floor, how much paint was on the floor, how much oh, paint was not on the, the floor. Sleds. And this, this was the first time, like, you know, everyone's talked about, Mm-hmm. you know the sled push in the field and this mm-hmm. was bad and the sled push now on the you know like in the the 2019 game yeah, the sled push on the turf and it's going to be you know faster lanes and faster this this was the first time that they did that and it was you saw that there was a definite difference between the two so as much as i like the program setup mm-hmm. this is one of the logistical things about programming is making sure that it's going to be the same event for every single athlete. And then I, I, this was one of those learning years where it was like, oh, okay, cement versus paint versus if you have some rubber over here or whatever the situation is, the, the friction is going to be different. It's going to change the event. Yeah. Um, again, not taking anything away from Josh and Annie. Those guys, they, they, they killed it. But um, you can tell that there were some athletes that definitely were in a quote unquote slower lane than others. Yeah. And you know, that's no discredit to the, not at all. Cause I, I mean, that has, it's not their fault and it's not, no, their, no, 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 it's not their fault. It's just it's one of those a, things I wouldn't that even say that happened. it's the program's fault. It's mm-hmm. a logistic issue. I mean, who would have thought um, rather about than that? a program issue? You know, huh? it's, it's one of those things that you can't really plan for. No, right? <laughs> after you, you see it happen, you're like, oh shit. You're like, whoops, nobody oh. says anything <laughs> about that. <laughs> okay. So, this is event seven. This is before they make their final cut down to 12. Yep. Um, got a lot of stuff in here. We got, we got the uh, monostructural with the double unders, two weightlifting movements, the overhead squats, as we said, at a moderate weight, heavy on the sled push, and then those handstand pushups. And we start to balance out kind of all that, uh, that pulling with a, a lot of pushing. So <laughs> as we go from, as you said, Josh Bridges and Annie Thorosauter win that event. And we'll cut down to 12. So we were at 24. The field was cut in half for a one event cutting test after two cuts so far. I'm okay with that. I don't see a, a bias in there. It's like, well, the strong people were the ones that did it. He's like, or the gymnastic only. Um, so for what the cut was, when it was in the event, I'm okay with it. And then we move into the final event. Now the final event is the same list of movements with three different time domains as the tests. So I'll, we'll go through the movements first. 
20 cal row, 30 wall ball shots at 20 and 14. Now, I believe it's to an 11 foot target after, after watching the video because the rigs were 12 feet. Yeah. And that strip was only a foot lower. I think that was one of the different challenges that year is that it was uh, a touch higher than Yeah, 10. I think you're right about that. So um, I think that was one of the unique wrinkles. And we saw that hurt some shorter athletes, especially on the women's side. <laughs> uh, okay, so 20 cal row, 30 wall ball shots, 20 toes to bar, 30 box jumps, uh, 24 and 20, 20 sumo deadlift high pulls with 108 and a 72 pound kettlebell. 30 yeah. burpees. So we have that 20, 30, 20, 30 pattern, 20 shoulder overhead at 135 and 95. And then distance wise, I say it's about hundred to 120 foot, um, sled pull. All right. So they and had the dog sleds and a hand over hand rope pull. It was a hundred feet. Yeah. Cause it was just across, just across uh, the competition the floor. floor. Yeah. Okay. So how the events stacked up is that event one is that you had three minutes basically an AMRAP to get as far down the list as you could. One minute break. Event two, six minutes to get as far as you can with a two minute break. And then event three was the whole event for time. Yep. In terms of who won on the first one, Graham Holmberg gets first on the men's side with 104 reps. Becca Voigt Hello, Becca Voigt gets, I believe you could call this her first CrossFit Games event win. Yeah. At 67. Uh, event two, Rich Froning gets sec, uh, first in event two. Sam Briggs gets first on the uh, second portion. And at the end, this is where we'll spend most of our, not too much time talking about it, but Pat Barber wins the end final at 11 12 and then sam briggs wins again at the end at 1306 um in terms of what's in here we got we got everything in the kitchen sink in this event so in in terms of a finals like they, they got it all in there you right. know after all these tests you got three monostructurals or sorry three gymnastics three weightlifting one monostructural there at the end actually four weightlifting so they got they got it all in there, and in terms of the the tests within the tests, a, a unique addition to the movement I would say was the height of that wall ball shot, and then the sumo deadlift high pull with the kettlebell. Yeah, that that was a unique one, uh, just because it we've done, especially back then. There were more. I, I would say there were more sumo deadlift high pull. Uh, you would see that more mm-hmm. in workouts. You'd see that more in training than, than you do now. Um, but the oddity with that is that 108 pound for the guys and the 72 for the ladies, it's, it's big. And so it's awkward yes. to get that your hands up to the collarbone. And that's what the standard was. You had to get your hands up to your collarbone and that ball was just in the way. Mm-hmm. So it was really, it was really interesting seeing them, seeing the athletes trying to maneuver themselves around that object as they're trying to get that up. I mean, they could do the weight. It wasn't that the weight is overly heavy. Um, it was just, it was just awkward. And again, I don't think that there would have been many athletes that have done 
sumo deadlifts with a kettlebell or have it have that heavy of a kettlebell. I didn't know they even made, do it. I didn't know they made kettlebells that heavy. I know, man. I was like, how much is that? <laughs> Wait, what? What is a pood exactly? People can do this. What is that weight? All right, so so let's go through how this event kind of unfolded in terms of, of the end. It, we kind of wanted to talk about this. Now, we've had three cuts so far. Yep. We already talked to the scoring system. Was that five-point tier system down to sixth, and then two points after that. The problem then, you know, and we learn from this a little bit, is that they never changed the scoring system when you went from 35 to 24 to 12. Right. So you're moving into the final event and the worst you can get in terms of finishing place is 12th. Yep. And what was the points on that? 40? Uh, that is 63 63 points. points. Think about that. You can get dead last and still get th- 63 points. Yeah. So what we saw... It, I'll, I'll be honest, at the time, I thought this was total bullshit. Is <laughs> Pat Barber totally game the crap out of this. And he take he basically takes off the first two events. I think he got 10th and 12th. Is yeah. that right? And so for yeah. the three minutes, he did some work, gets 10th, rests a minute. For the second round, does... Very little work at all for six minutes. Well, yeah, because, okay, so he was last in that one, and the athlete, and there purpose. was a tie for 10th, they did twice as many reps as he did. So he literally he took, it off, took completely. that, that yeah. entire event off. So six minutes of rest plus two minutes of rest. So basically from, yep. say, start to finish, start yeah. to the, new, the, the last final, three, four, 12 minutes. Yep. So Pat Barber has been actively recovering for 12 minutes. And then dude comes out and sends it for the final, <laughs> right? He's been saving it up for 12 minutes, sends it, wins the final. Um, you know, I, I love Pat. We're, we're good friends. And, but man, when I, when I saw that, I didn't really know him at the time. I was like, that's, that's a total chump move. Like, you, you know, you put your hands up, like you win the CrossFit games. Like you've been gaming this for 12. Now, when you look at it now, like pff, genius. Yeah. Genius. Yeah, because I mean, he wasn't in contention to podium. He was sitting outside the top ten, and but dude racks up one hundred points that he legit did at the end, but then gets yeah. one hundred twenty six points or something like that by just sitting well, on it, his ass for twelve minutes. So if you look at the amount of points he got for doing that, so he totaled out two hundred thirty points. Okay, for doing that. If you look at where the first two combined, ben, ben Smith, he beat he beats Ben Smith. Who got eleventh, ninth, and second? Mm-hmm. Beats him by a point. Um, Rich got first. Got third, first, and eighth. Two hundred and sixty-one points. So he's only thirty points behind Rich. And Graham, who won that, he got mm-hmm. first, second, and fourth. That's two eighty. So out of three events, doing what Pat did, he was only down fifty points. Now that's I mean, the problem with the cut because even if you look on the women's side, like the cuts and the scoring about system, Pat, didn't we talked about what Pat did, yeah, because it was it was so dramatic. Mm-hmm. But on the women's side, it was the same thing. Samantha Briggs was seventh, first, first, so seventh, not right. really having to try all that. Not saying she didn't try, but yeah, if she was able to kind of coast a little bit, mm-hmm. knowing that she has the 
I mean, she, she's known as the engine. So if she she's in a, you know, she can go get into that pain cave and go. Right. And then smashes the next two with a first and a first mm-hmm. on the end two and the event three and the end three. So, I mean, she slammed that as well. well Same it, deal. It, to your point, who actually did it better than Sam was Becca Voigt. Well, she just crushed the entire thing. I think she was. No, Becca did not send it. She was first, second, second. She just smashed everybody. She smashed everyone. And that's what got her up onto the podium because, you know, you get first, second, and second, 100 points, 95 points, 95 points. Like that, you know, that's what you wanted to see. Well, exactly. And that's what I think. Per my, my, my personal opinion about the final, I like the events, but what I think messed the final up Mm -hmm. was the fact that the recovery part became part of the event and now you strategize between Mm -hmm. all 300 points you think i would have rather it have been i would have rather it have been a 10 minute break between each of them so that they're each individually what about events rather than all of them put together unless it's set up like the score like the skills okay where it was you know where you have it as its own little mini event and then that's how you do that would have been another way to do it Mm -hmm. or i think a better way to do it and again this is hindsight's 2020 as we look back onto it and we're just kind of giving our opinions of what we have liked to see um what about maybe a minimum work requirement and then you just get cut um, if you don't meet that. I mean, that's possible, but like, I don't think that he, I don't think anyone would have planned. I mean, you're at the CrossFit Games. Mm-hmm. Who's going to toss out an event at the CrossFit Games? I don't think it, I don't think that was on anybody's radar. But and uh, I mean, and honestly, if, if Pat, and I'll, I'll throw Sam in there too, if that was the idea, which was, oh, okay, so the worst I can do is 12th, mm-hmm. I'll just sit this one out then. Mm-hmm. Like that's some pretty ingenious on the spot. Oh thinking, yeah, yeah. You know that goes into it. If like that was time, if that was a mental game, mm-hmm. I, I mean, honestly, a competitor is a competitor, and you're going to play within the rules and do what you can to get your best score. And that's a genius way to oh, do it. Absolutely. Although I would have thought that if that would have been the case, Pat should have gone a little harder on the first one, right? And then, and then whatever, get thirty reps mm-hmm. on on the next one. You know what I mean? Like go all out take a break, then mm-hmm. go all out again. So he can get a little, I mean, again, you, he was third or uh, he was, he was 12th in that second event. Just do one event, just right. do one rep. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and I'm t- so. totally with you because I mean, good on Pat Barber. I can say that now at the time I was like, I don't really, I didn't really like that strategy, but now that I look at it, I'd do that too. Hell yeah. I, now to uh, what you said is like, I would have fully gone on the first one. Let's yep. go hard for three minutes. I mean, you barely got into the toes of our maybe, maybe into the box jumps. Yeah. So you're talking about 20 cal row, 30 wall balls, 20 toes of our, and some box jumps. I'm going to yeah. be fine after that. So I'm going to send totally. that as fast as I can. Take eight minutes, minutes of, of rest, rest and then go into the next event Yeah. in the final. Absolutely. And I think that was one of those things that um, good on the athlete to strategize to do that because I'm a big fan of strategizing because totally. a lot of my limitations were physical but my my um i excelled at event strategy that's that's kind of where i was successful in crossfit um so i uh, i was all about it and the, the way they did it and again i'm not faulting the athletes for doing what they did with the rules that they were given uh, totally uh, i just i i think that it's unfortunate that it was programmed 
that that became an element. I, I, I have a hard time. I mean, I think in every event you can strategize in every single event, like what's going to be, what's going to play best for you. But I don't like it when the, like this, now this piece right here completely changed what the event was supposed to be. Yeah. The event should have been like what Becca Voigt did. Like I'm going to yeah. go and I'm going to attack and I'm going to race and I'm going to race and I'm going to race. That's the, Hill. that's the purest, purest setup of it. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why I was saying like either set it up the exact same way where you make it the skills mm -hmm. version mm -hmm. um, where it's a mini competition within a competition or As so you take, you're giving them you, one final score after one you final collectively score. get the, and, the and, and okay. I don't say you don't make it 300 points. I mean, you still no. make it, you still points. make it the hundred points. Um, or if you want 300 points, mm -hmm. then you, you have, you have enough rest in between where it's now the races aren't dependent on each other. Like every event is now a full on race yeah. because you do get to recover. There's no gaming. Exactly. I like that exactly. idea. I like that idea. Yeah. I mean, for what it is on paper, great final. Great idea, great concept. Get as far as you can, get as far as you can. If everybody yeah. took the Becca Voigt route, yeah. that would have, that. I think that's what the scope was and what the, you know Dave thought they were going to do when he programmed it. Oh, There's 100%. no way he well, thought that people were going to On the women's side, it was events. basically like that. I mean, yeah. Becca, Sam, and Annie, I mean, those guys all went for it. Mm -hmm. On the men's side, like there was a lot of bouncing around on the men's side. I mean, the yeah. only one who, who really didn't have that was Graham. Yeah with a one, two, and a four. But everyone else was kind of bouncing all over the place. And I think you saw a lot of guys that were in striking distance of the podium take that approach yeah, right, of trying to get through it. So that is it in terms of 2011. Now we had 10 scored events. Now skills within the skills overall. There is There was so much more tested this year than we have ever had at the CrossFit Games. And when you infuse those skills as kind of their own mini tests, it, it really did cast a very broad, wide, wide net um, in terms of everything that they tested these athletes with. I think when you look at maybe an individual skill, some people had some issues with that. Personally, for me, when I see the breadth of everything that was tested, I think this is one of the most, up to this point, all-encompassing tests of fitness to truly really start to see that these were the fittest men and women on earth at the time. Uh, I liked what the tests were. I, I, I'm not, and even when I said my little preview thing, I'm not a, I'm not against the skill pieces. Mm -hmm. I'm against the skill pieces when it becomes its own deal, because then I, I think that we're, I think what ends up happening is you you start testing athleticism mm -hmm. rather than fitness. Fitness is the you know if we look at what fitness is, it's you uh, increased work capacity over across broad time and modal domain. Not are you really good at this one thing? And mm -hmm. it's hard because then it's like you could say a one rep max lift, which is a very classic thing that you see in every single competition. You can say that a one rep max lift is a skill, and it could be just as it's just as valid as can you throw the softball a certain distance? So mm -hmm. it like, it gets really blurry. Um, I, mean, I just think that it, thing was a little I weird. think that if you put, if you put those individuals, if you use those individual skills and put them into an event, 
Um, I, I would rather see it that done that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I like the farmer carry that they did. I think the way they did it was cool. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll say this, whether you like the softball throw or not, or the L sits or whatever, the way that they made it with a competition within the competition to me makes it okay. So no, I don't think that throwing a softball is, is okay a test for the fittest on, on earth mm-hmm. or anything like that. But the way that it was put together, Packaged. it's now, it's now an event yes. where it's a piece of something, not mm-hmm. you were going to win or lose because you can't throw a softball. Yeah. So, so I think that was pretty, I think that was honestly pretty ingenious. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a good way to minimize the outliers having a greater effect on the overall leaderboard. Totally. Um, I will say in terms of your, athleticism take is as the fitness program, the way it's defined as, as you said, I could see athleticism not really being a necessary part of the training, but as the sport of CrossFit, I do want to see some athletic tests in there because when you, when you kind of look at that overall pyramid that they have in the level one sport is the top right? The the tip top part of that. So it it is included, um, in our whole concept of, of what is fitness, what is CrossFit. So I do want to see some athletic tests in there. I don't want the overall test to be an athletic test because there is a stark difference between fittest on earth and most athletic on earth. And at the time, I think that's where a lot of people were coming from is they were viewing the sport of CrossFit as a traditional sport. Yeah, right. They used to say, I think he was even during this time, it was like Adrian Peterson, because he was you know the greatest NFL running back at the time, could walk into the games and win. You're like, well, no, right. <laughs> no, because he's like, he, nobody can hang with him. I was like, yes, because he's an athlete in his own yeah. sport, in his own world. It's like, yes, he's going to have some of his things better than all of us. However, that's not what we're saying. When we say the fittest on earth, we are not saying the most athletic on earth. However, when you test the fittest, personally for me is I do want to see some athletic tests in there in terms of sport, because it is included in that that pyramid that we have for um, the, what is CrossFit? Well, and and that's where it gets very jumbled up. I mean, what, what allowed CrossFit to do what CrossFit has done is we have a, def- we have a definition of what mm-hmm. we're testing. Mm-hmm. What's the definition of athletic? Yeah. Like all of a sudden it, it gets very, it gets very vague. Um, but you can tell it, it you can, this is what was so great about rich. Rich was so naturally athletic. Mm-hmm. That when all of a sudden they said, all right, everyone, we're going to do a max handstand walk. Right. Like, okay. And just hops up and does it because he is an athletic person. He has athletic skills. He can do a lot of these individual things really, really well. But I think it's, it's being able to take those pieces and put them together. So that's no, I I mean, it's weird because you, you take the idea of the throwing the softball and that becomes the like the the definition of the skills one and two like right, that that's right. what everyone talks about <clears throat> yeah all the other pieces that are in there are great exactly um but again it's the way that they were put together where it didn't you didn't win or lose based mm-hmm. on this now this is one of the things that even if you look at the last games why are people getting cut on a run 
Like I, I'm, I'm, I don't get to show my CrossFitness because I get, mm-hmm. I lose this run. Right. And now all of a sudden that is, that's now, that's not showing that you're a good CrossFit. You're not the fittest or not. And it's like, well, no, it, it's, you have to look at the whole picture right. and what cuts or not. Right. I think that the way that it's been packaged and the way that it was put together, it, it was really interesting. There's a lot of, there are videos out there from that year where uh, Sev Almatosian's running around talking to all the athletes and he, he's, is it appropriate? Mm-hmm. Is the, is a softball throw appropriate? And it's funny watching all the athletes try to maneuver their head around that because you could tell all of them were going, no, it's not appropriate, but I don't have a choice because this is a competition. They're all saying like, oh yeah, totally. Oh, I think it's great. I think it's great. I think mm-hmm. it's great. They're all convincing themselves that it's appropriate and it is appropriate because if this is the competition, then that's a competition. You don't get to go, well, I don't think it's appropriate. So right. uh, it's I, I need to vote to change it. That's not going to happen. Mm. But if you look at all the pieces and how that was put together, now it doesn't, it's not the end all be all. The only other way that I think you could have done it is something like the killer cage where you take a funky skill which is I, that swinging on the monkey bars. Mm-hmm. Like where is that written anywhere in a fitness program? It's not, right. but if you look at an athletic kid yeah. at recess, they're going to be able to do that. So again, the, the vague definition of athleticism is in there because the fittest athletes are going to, the, the, the most athletic athletes are going to also be fit. Um, but you know, then you saw some very fit athletes that were, that had holes in their athleticism, whether it was throwing the ball or Mm -hmm. snatching or, you know, whatever the case may be. So I, I think overall it was, it was fun. Um, I, I would never, I think that people need to be very careful when they're programming pieces like that. They need to know how that, that, how that's supposed to sit in the overall, in the overall, uh, plan. And, and I, I got to hand it to Dave on that one because it, it walks the line. Mm-hmm. It walks the line. And it, especially at the time, yeah. it was interesting. Well, you want to, you want to force athletes to walk that line in an uncomfortable position and raise a bar that may be slightly out of reach that year, but to also bring up the competition in the years to come. So as we I close mean, even, out, even technically, even the swimming was a skill. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you look at it, the swimming that was added, we, we, everyone's so used to it now, but swimming then what's the difference between not everybody. The big argument there was you had athletes that are like, I've never been in the ocean. I don't have an ocean by me. How was that fair to test my fitness? Because I haven't been in the ocean, That's All, you know, or I I'm from Iceland or I'm from, you know, I don't, I don't, have, I don't even have a pool near me. Mm-hmm. And it, the, the distance that they had was not a lot, but it knocked athletes out just based on that quote unquote skill. So, I mean, you could technically say that that was a skill as well. It's the same thing as throwing a softball. Well, that's where I feel like you need to be athletic to be called the fittest on earth in some capacity, because I don't care if you've never done it before. An athlete will figure it out on the fly. And that's what Rich Froning was. And that's what he was able to do. So um, I'm with you there. So closing out 2011, Rich Froning gets his very first win at the CrossFit Games. He wins three events with an average finish place of 5.2. Josh Bridges gets second. He also gets three event wins, but his average finish place was 8.8. And this is where kind of the, the numbers and scoring system gets a little tricky. 
Ben Smith gets third overall. Yeah. In terms of total points, Rich was 856, Josh was 763, and then Ben was 738. However, Ben's finish, average finish place was 0.1 better than Josh Bridges. And I think that uh, that scoring system had a little bit to do with it. However, Ben Smith didn't win a single event, which is kind of a testament of being a true balanced CrossFitter. It's like, you don't have to yeah. win any event to be the best. And Ben certainly shows that later. On the women's side, it was Annie Thor's daughter. She gets her first win or overall at the CrossFit Games. Three event wins with an average place finishing of 5.6. Kristen Clever, didn't say her name one time, didn't win a single yeah. event, still takes second. And then Becca Voigt, which a lot of that had to do with that final three-part event, vaults herself into third overall. Um, their average finishing places all balance out 5.6 for Annie, 6.1 for Kristen, and 7.6 for Becca. So that is your 2011 CrossFit Games podium. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I I liked how that was set up. The 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 downside, I think, again, is that the scoring system, as the cuts are made, the events get less and less important. Your finishing becomes less and less important mm -hmm. because you're not going to lose as many points. And mm -hmm. we don't really see that adjustment um, until tw until 2019. Mm -hmm. I, I, now, even with that being said, I'm going to say the the fittest one. Rich Froning and Annie Thor Sauter yeah, were the yeah, yeah. best there was that year in 2011. But when we look at the overall pro ring, which is what we're here to do, I absolutely thoroughly enjoyed the 2011 CrossFit Games. Yeah, yeah. If if uh, if I had to give a thumbs up or a thumbs down, I'd give a thumbs up for sure. I mean, you, there were a lot of tests and there really wasn't anything there really wasn't a whole lot that was untouched mm -hmm. on this. And I, 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 Not a lot I thought of things it was good. Missed. Yep. I thought it was good. So that'll do it for 2011. Looking forward to 2012 before we take off. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 5,000 downloads. Yeah. Love you guys. We will see you for 2012.